It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to a new edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We continue... Uh, today's episode with our crossover series, taking a look at Sean McVay, Joe Barry, Kevin O'Connell, and Aubrey Pleasant, some of the coaches that used to coach here in Washington, and the Los Angeles Rams, just in the Super Bowl a little over a year ago, out of the playoffs last year. They'll be here at FedEx Field, we think, assuming that there's a schedule and an NFL season Week 5, early October, uh, for a Sunday afternoon soiree. So, we will do that with Brad Motter, or Bear, as he uh, calls himself. And just in full disclosure, it took us about an hour and a half to record this on Thursday evening. And we went through a lot of different trials and tribulations, let's just call it that, to get you the best show as possible, my voice is stretched a little bit, if I'm being totally honest with you. It's audible. You can hear it. You can understand it. It just doesn't sound like me because I'm using a different uh, microphone and a different recording apparatus. And, you know, it's just really hard to kind of mesh everybody's equipment all into one, quite honestly. As I talk to you now and record this portion of the show, I'm on my handheld digital recorder with a microphone in my right hand, as opposed to when Brad and I did the show, uh, we are recording because we're trying to record both of us uh, via an external source. So just so you understand, that's why it sounds a little funky and a little bit different. Um, I think we had this issue last week um, when we were doing the Baltimore Ravens uh, crossover. So just want to be fair to you guys and let you know what's going on. We are aware. We are trying everything we can to put on the best possible product. But as everybody understands during these unprecedented times, sometimes digital technology is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. But sometimes it is not only stretched, it is not easy to kind of get everything on the same page and we did the best we could. So, um, hope you guys can enjoy and listen and, and, and deal with it. Um, I guess for lack of a better term, but I just wanted to be fair and honest and upfront, uh, that we are aware and we're doing everything we can, uh, to fix it. Now, this particular episode brought to you by built bar, builtbar.com. 
Save $10 off right now off your favorite and flavor and your first box at BuiltBar.com. Just simply put the code word locked on when you check out. And guess what, guys? I know it works because I did it myself late last week. Ordered two new boxes, got the peanut butter and chocolate bar. Had one yesterday and it was wonderful. Nice little mid-afternoon snack. For your boy, I'm Chris Russell with you here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Go to BuiltBar.com, BuiltBar.com, $10 off your first box with the promo code Locked On. All right, so Brad Motter and I covering the Los Angeles Rams and the Washington Redskins coming up in just a moment right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. All right, so once again, it is Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar. We just told you a little bit about them. In case you haven't been paying attention, Built Bar is stepping up their game, and we are so incredibly proud to be their partner in their evolution as they become the number one best-selling protein, energy, low-sugar, low-carb bar on the market, baby. That's right. So we got... Originally, a box of 10, all sorts of different flavors, a variety pack. You can get not only 10 of those in terms of one box, you can get more. I think they have boxes up to 18 of the variety pack, all sorts of different flavors. Uh, I loved, I loved the chocolate peanut butter. Uh, Chocolate mousse was one that I enjoyed. Um, A couple of ones that didn't exactly appeal to me, but that's because everybody's tastes are different. So maybe you might like the chocolate orange. Uh, I didn't love that one, but that's okay. They have so many different choices that you can't go wrong with Built Bar. That's right. Go check them out. BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. And enter the promo code Locked On to say $10 off your first Order your first box of Built Bars. Again, you can get it in the variety pack. You can get it in the flavor that you choose. Everything is easy to see the nutrition information. They are seven times lower in sugar. Seven times lower in sugar than your leading protein health bar. That makes a big difference, guys. If you're trying to watch carbs, if you're trying to watch sugar, which I think most of us are, that's a huge deal when it comes to Built Bar, and it tastes amazing. You'll never want a different type of chocolate bar ever again. Go to BuiltBar.com, save $10 off with the promo code Locked On, and make sure you get your Built Bars. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, once again, everybody, we welcome you to another crossover edition. I'm Chris Ruskins, and let's hook up with our pal Brad Motter from Locked On Rams, who covers the Rams like a glove for the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, you can get Locked On Rams and Locked On Redskins wherever you download podcasts, which we hope is one of ours. Brad, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing great out here in, in Southern California. Everything may be shut down a little bit, but uh, I got a nice little view out my window, and we're here talking football about the matchup that we're going to have and where we've been. So I'm excited about everything we got going. Well, hopefully this matchup is indeed played. It's scheduled for week five at FedEx Field. And uh, I covered Sean McVay for four years and Joe Barry for a couple of years. And uh, some of the others, uh, Kevin O'Connell just recently. Um, you know, so uh, there's a lot of Redskins flavor, of course, on this Rams team. Let's start with the coaching staff uh, because there was a, a changeover. No more adding Kevin O'Connell. Uh, what do you make of the changes? And is this an overreaction on Sean McVay's uh, and because of how things didn't go last year, or is this uh, some appropriate adjustments? You know, I think it's appropriate adjustments for sure. I mean, Wade Phillips got to love what he did over here. There was no offensive coordinator. So bringing Kevin O'Connell finally started to take a little bit of relief off of Sean McVay, which uh, you saw last year, there were games where you felt like play calling got a little away from him. He got a little one-sided, a little pass-heavy. Uh, game management's always been an issue with him, whether it's you know challenging plays or timeouts or uh, just kind of how he's addressed some of the two-minute stuff. So having a guy in there to help kind of take some of that on, I think uh, Rams Nation is much open arms to that right now. We know he got a really smart mind, but being able to be that head coach, there's a lot going on. So allowing him to free up a little bit on that side. And then going back to the defense side, the ball uh you know I think that was when he first got here he needed somebody to kind of help him show the ropes of how to be a head coach and that was the perfect balance but I think as they went by uh just their their ideas of football are just a little bit different you know Wade Phillips very uh this is the defense let's throw it out there I'm gonna put my players in you know position to succeed but not a big uh, adjuster from game to game or you know hey we've got these guys this week let's switch it up and show them something they've never seen and I think that's what he's looking for a little bit more of that analytical football mind bringing in some younger minds in here uh and you know coming off that Vic Fangio tree like Brandon Staley is in the three four it's not a crazy swap over uh and I've heard some of the players say that he is like a Sean McVay on the defense that he brings so much excitement uh the passion that he brings to the game and the way that he breaks it down is just really clicking so far with this young Rams team so a really good move so far but again it's up to Sean McVay because he brought these guys in he finally made the decisions and uh it's going to weigh on him in the 2020 season depending on how it turns out all right, Brad. So uh, obviously when Sean went to Los Angeles as a 30-year-old head coach, he hired Wade Phillips, experienced, grizzled coach. Now he's got a much younger and more contemporary. Uh, but this Rams team has kind of changed and evolved uh, as Sean has as a head coach. Do you think they're in a better position moving forward just in, and and maybe ideologically in terms of being on the same page? It seemed like there was some frustration with the defense and maybe Wade and Sean at the end of last year. Yeah, you start to see that boil over a little bit at the end of the last year, and you saw it even in uh, some of the special team stuff near the end of the year. And I think it was time for him to kind of take ownership uh, of that you know, coaching staff and bring in some of these young guys. And I've heard even some of the players talk about how amazing Brandon Staley is and the kind of a young Sean McVay on the defensive side that he can really connect with those guys. So I'm interested to see how he can put in his own tweaks, work with some of these guys on the offense and defense side of the ball and get back to what the Rams saw, you know, some of their best football in the last handful, probably the last decade, which was in 2017, 
2018 and kind of running the football and allowing Jared Goff to uh, be a facilitator of that offense and not have to be, hey, throw the rock 40 times to try to get it done. And I think hopefully that will be- produce you know, a more fluid offense for the Rams because last year it was ups and downs for them on both sides of the football, really. And from an outsider's perspective, I mean, watching Sean McVay, and I've known Sean since he was 23 years old as an assistant, like, wide receivers coach with Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan back in 2010. Uh, and and, and I, one thing I said, hey, Sean falls in love, I think, a little bit too much with the passing game. Maybe that put too much pressure uh, on Jared Goff. It seems like with some of the offensive line issues and maybe some of the doubts about the running game, uh, that maybe they tried to give Jared Goff too much last year. This is him in your eyes? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a lean heavy on Jared Goff last year. The running game couldn't get going. We had so many inconsistency at that offensive line. And it's funny, that's a group that has gotten a lot of slack uh, this offseason, even during the season last year. But they gave up the fewest amount of sacks in the NFL. The problem was just Jared Goff would get pressure. Uh, he'd throw the football away or make some bad decisions with some turnovers. A lot of strip fumbles from Jared Goff, not only last year, but in his career, something he's really got to clean up this next year. But uh, definitely started to lean on him to get it done at the end of the year that's when you want to if you're a Rams fan you're looking at let's take that last five games and look at how we can transition that into 2020 move to some 12 personnel start to get him a little bit better blocking moved him outside of the pocket a little bit and got back to running the football so uh, guys like Tyler Higby coming into the season are going to be big obviously uh, the trio at running back are going to be huge but those guys up front if we can find some consistency and somebody that can start multiple games in a row because I think they had eight different lineups last year at the offense line position uh that's coming from a team who the two years previous had every single starter at every single position uh for two years straight so i think getting back to those guys staying healthy uh a lot of knock on them maybe not being ready or a bad group but i think they just never were able to play together until the end of the season so i think it starts there run the football and then hopefully we can get back to some consistency on that offense all right, so let me ask you a quick follow Archers, do they have enough weapons right now, provided that, you know, if they go to camp, if they go to the regular season with largely this offense and, and this roster, do they have enough weapons, in your opinion, or are they way short? Well, unfortunately, they don't have any money left, so this is the roster. They don't have an opportunity. I right. mean, maybe they get really creative and try to reschedule, uh, you know, or get Goff to kind of take more money right now and move some of that contract. But this is going to be the team, and I think they do, you know, because looking at the offense, especially in the wide receiver core, obviously you got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there, Van Jefferson being added to the group. Uh, really excited about what he, he can do in year one. And I talked about those running backs. Daryl Henderson, a guy they were really excited about, moved up to get in the third round, uh, finished a little banged up, didn't really have a chance to find his way into the system. I think they're really going to make that the case. Uh, this year, Cam Akers, you expect him to have an immediate impact and be a big part of that. So I think the offense, as far as weapons, is going to be fine. Really expect Cooper Cup to continue to take another step. I mean, this is a guy that crushed it last year as far as one of the only players with over 90 catches and double-digit touchdowns in the league. And this is coming off an ACL injury. So uh, expect either for him to stay there and he'll be just fine or get better. Uh, Robert Woods is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the league, but he's just Mr. Consistent. So if they can protect Jared Goff, he's got the arm, he's got the talent to get it down the field. They've got the players to get it done. It's just, does it all come together? Health, all that type of stuff. And then you're playing in one of the toughest divisions in the NFC West. So they do got a chance. It's just, there's a lot stacked up against them. 
Brad Motter, Locked On Rams, crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Russell, Locked On Redskins. We'll get some Redskins talk coming up here in a sec, but let me flip over to the other side, and it all starts with, of course, Aaron Donald, the best defensively in the game. But who else, uh, and I guess besides Jalen Ramsey, who was acquired midway through last year uh, as a top-flight cornerback, who else has to step up for this Rams defense? Um you know, to come back to a playoff defense under the new defensive coordinator, Brandon Saley. Um, is is there one guy? Is there is there just a bunch of guys that just have to step up and elevate their game? How do you see that, Brad? Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of guys because, you know, you're looking at John Johnson's safety coming back off injury. He was really uh, developing before he got hurt. You expect him and hope him to come back and really help solidify the back end. You got Taylor Rapp going into his second year, had an amazing rookie year, but you see that a lot. Great rookie year. They fall off a little bit in that second year, so it's going to be key for him to kind of help that secondary. Just look at the other side of Jalen Ramsey. Troy Hill played his best football probably in his career, but people are questioning, is that real? Is that, you know, was that a short, hot spurt? I think he's under a lot of pressure. And then the linebackers, you're looking at a guy like Micah Kaiser coming off injury. If you say that name to the national football fan, I don't know if they really know who the heck he is. And uh, Rams fans are going to find out really quick who he is because he's stepping in for Corey Littleton. Uh, they didn't draft at his position really to bring in you know a middle linebacker to compete with him. So you got him and Traven Howard, uh, two guys that don't have a lot of experience. And then you're hoping a guy like Leonard Floyd coming from Chicago in free agency is going to become that Dante Fowler, that guy that that no one really wanted at the end, uh, kind of run out of town and then comes to L.A., plays with Aaron Donald and really elevates his game. Uh, and you're looking at uh, rookie Ter- Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, another guy, uh, massive wingspan, same as LeBron James, probably my favorite stat to say about him. He's a freak of an athlete. Can he stay healthy and contribute? I think those guys, all these young guys, because you know what Aaron Donald's going to do, you know what Jalen Ramsey's going to do, but it's the pieces around him that need to play at a next level for this Rams team in this division to be really, really competitive. Brad Bonner, Locked on Rams. We'll take a timeout here on the Locked on a podcast. Locked on Rams, Locked on Redskins crossover edition. When we come back, we'll talk about Ron Rivera's Washington Redskins right here on this crossover edition. Network. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we're back here on the crossover of the NFC East and NFC West. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. We've got Chris with us from Lockdown Redskins. And Chris, I'm excited to talk to you because 
Uh, you guys seem to be uh, the down and out team in that NFC East, the one that no one's really talking a bunch about, but you got a brand new coach in Ron Rivera. Uh, you got the number two draft pick, and in my eyes, probably the best player to come out of this draft. So there's a lot to get excited about there. So let's start with that draft, the number two pick. Uh, there was questions even if, like, are they interested in Tua? Are they interested in a quarterback? They didn't go that way. They're going to stick with what they have on the roster there. You get the best defensive player, possibly the best player coming out this year. How did you feel about the draft? What did you hit? What did you miss uh, for the Redskins? Yeah, Bear, I'm going to – Chase Young, and, and a lot of people think because the Redskins have so heavily invested in their defensive line, and they have, with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as first-round picks, Montez Sweat – uh, you know, that this was a luxury pick that they don't need Chase Young. Number one, you always need a guy like Chase Young, a special, unique talent, as you kind of alluded to. Right. In many people's opinion, the best player in the draft. The other thing that I would just add real quickly on need is they struggled to stop the run, especially in the second half of seasons this year, uh, last year, uh, the year before, especially in the second half of games as they wore down and got tired. So as they convert to a 4-3 from a 3-4, uh, a, it's wrong to say that they don't need more help in that regard. And that is one thing about Chase Young that I don't know if that gets enough credit. His ability to stop the run. I talked to longtime uh, general manager Scott McLuhan of several different teams, including the Redskins. He compared him and his physically he can be used as a 4-3 base end to Reggie White and the impact that he had not only as a pass rusher, but also a run stopper. So that's one thing. The other thing is the Redskins have Ryan Kerrigan and Ryan Anderson, two Ryans with cornered the market on, on first names around into the final year of their contract. So those guys probably aren't going to be around in 2021. So the notion that it was just a luxury pick as opposed to a need, I would take a little bit of a issue with. So let's start there. This, their defensive line, they don't, I don't know if Chase Young's going to be as dominant as Aaron Donald. That's probably asking too much. But if they don't start kicking butt and taking names on this defensive line and doing all the things that we just kind of alluded to and havoc and hell, then they're going to be a, a bad football team. And that's more important to me than who the quarterback is going to be because they've got to get off the field on third down and they've got to stop the run. So big picture wise, I had all with Chase Young. And then you look at the rest of the draft and just real quickly kind of tying this up. They added some intriguing skill options and weapons in Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy Golden. Again, we corner the market on Ryan's on defense and Tony here. And then they added some depth guys that aren't expected necessarily to contribute in year one in a big-time way, but certainly will as Ron Rivera's program kind of evolves from year one to year two. Yeah, I love both of those Antonios that they got on the offense side of the ball. Can be really fun, sneaky picks there, especially at the running back. You know, you got a couple guys, one that, uh, you know, is maybe got one foot on the football field and one foot into retirement with Adrian Peterson. But don't tell him that because every time you do, he's going right. to go and, and uh, run, you know, a 90-yard touchdown down the other way. But uh, with with <laughs> Darius uh, Geis coming off of injury, kind of an interesting pick there. But I, I want to go back uh, here yeah. on this offense and talk about there was – we mentioned at the beginning, there was no pick at quarterback. They passed that up. They went and got Kyle Allen from Carolina to play backup, I'm assuming. Um, you know, but what is the thought – obviously 
obviously, I believe he did take a quarterback at some point in the draft, whether it was uh, a pick or in the un, un-rookie free agents. But Yeah, Steven Steve Montez undrafted from Colorado, correct. But you don't expect him to make a big push. So is this Dwayne Haskins show? How do you feel about it? Does that sound good to you or does that make you a little nervous? Well, it, it certainly makes me nervous from the standpoint of, I, I, look, I have hope and potential for Dwayne Haskins if Dwayne Haskins is more serious about his craft both on the practice field and more importantly behind the scenes and that's what happened those that don't know he was selected by the owner Dan Snyder uh, not by the head coach who knew that if he didn't win right away, Jay Gruden, he would be fired. And that's exactly what happened. He started off 0-5, things got bad, he got fired, and it was just a mess. But what was interesting was everybody just assumed when Bill Callahan came in, oh, Dwayne Haskins is going to start. And no, that wasn't the case. He was not ready, Brad. He was not even remotely close to being ready. And that was the problem. Dwayne did not work, take his craft seriously enough, did not do a good enough job on his own. And the former coaching staff obviously could, you know, kind of saw that, recognized that. They didn't maybe invest the effort that in him because they didn't really want him to be in this situation where you have a new head coach, you have a new coaching staff, but you have the guy guy that was the director of college scouting, Kyle Smith, who's A.J. Smith, longtime Charger general manager's son. He's now running base to Ron Rivera's Batman. He was here last year. And my understanding is, is he was philosophically aligned with Jay Gruden and the old coaching staff, meaning he was not married and did not necessarily want Dwayne Haskins where the Redskins took. You combine that with Ron Rivera not being able to get to work with Dwayne Haskins every day on the grass and leaving the door open for Cam Newton, leaving the door open for, gosh, Alex Smith, the Project 11, and what he's come from. And, oh, by the way, they traded for 12-game starter last year in this system, in this scheme, Kyle Allen. So I don't even know by the time week five rolls around, assuming that we have a regular season and is going to be the starting quarterback for the Redskins against the Los Angeles Rams. And and I would have my doubts about it, quite honestly. Yeah, and when you look at the relationship there, and that's one of the things I thought too is, man, this would be a perfect fit for Cam Newton, and all of a sudden Kyle Allen's there, and you're like, well, maybe not. I mean, he probably had his choice of which one, and, and obviously Kyle Allen is there, so we're going to have to be a fun one to watch along the way. But uh, what what's realistic, you know, as far as, you know, the Washington market, as far as, you know, looking at this division, for you guys, it's a very open division looking last year. I mean, this came down to the very last game to see who was going to represent the NFC East, but uh, maybe don't expect that massive jump into a playoff picture or a playoff race in year one under Ron Rivera. But what's his time frame? do you think, in Washington to turn this thing around and, and put a product on the field that can win not only one year, but, you know, years over and over again? I mean, I, I think there... <sighs> I, I think Ron's got a couple of years here. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying that he's not going to get fired after one year, even though that happens from time to time, right? We saw it years ago. I mean, we've seen it in the Redskins organization with uh, Marty Schottenheimer a long time ago, same owner, that type. I, I don't envision that in any way, shape, or form because Dan Snyder knows he had a major culture problem, a major and, – and truly – 
this is the last salvo that he's got to get the most, one of the most, if not the most, respected guys in the NFL. Every single person told Dan Snyder, hey, if you could get a guy like Ron Rivera, a guy to come in and build a culture and winning uh, and build a, a sustainable winning program and a philosophy without the circus and without the 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 re, just the the fiat in this organization for so long no matter who the head coach was uh with Dan Snyder as the owner Bruce Allen um you know as the former now head executive if you could build that, then that's the guy you've got to go get. And got that guy before he essentially became open to everyone else. And Ron Rivera took this job knowing that he was going to have full control over football operations. So to me, um, you know, he's got obviously at least two years, I would say realistically more three to real quickly because I talk a lot. I would say this is, a, you know, probably a six to seven win team the way I see it and and maybe it could be more if things work out at the quarterback position but I win team and Ron Rivera's first year and I think that would be a great step forward for them you know to come out and win some ball games and learn how to win those close ones I think that's really what it comes down to you look at the NFL it comes down to a few little plays and if you can win those mini battles inside of a big long game you find yourself with a chance to win at the end and I think that's what is great about bringing Ron Rivera into this I think he's a great leader and a coach to get that done my last question is kind of a reverse question here. I want to hear you talk a little bit about the Rams. You mentioned covering a lot of these coaches and people that are involved now in the Rams. So when you look all the way over there out in Washington, you see what they're building out here in Los Angeles. What are your thoughts on the team and and their chances for success, not only this year, but in the long term? Yeah, I I mean, honestly, I think the success came at a meteoric rate for Sean and um, and he deserves it. I mean, I, you know, again, I, I can't tell you how much I miss and love Sean McVay, uh, again, covering him, uh, three years old. He introduced himself to me the first day we met. He was just this young buck, you know, uh, just, uh, fresh out of, uh, you know, out of, out of the UFL and, and 23 years old. I mean, the, is the person that he is. And we all know what kind of memory he has and what kind of creative juice and energy and 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 smarts and football IQ and football intelligence, uh, just tremendous. I really, really, really hope it works out with the new stadium and the new uniform layer, uh, on your side of the show. I really hope that this thing works out. I will say this, adding Kevin O'Connell, he's also a guy that I think a lot of Redskins fans were – well, some Redskins fans were like, bad, ah, no big deal. They stunk with him. Wrong approach. I'm telling you, everybody that I talked to, just like when we kept preaching around here about Sean McVay in 2011, in 2012, in 2013, about how this guy is going to be a stud, Kevin O'Connell is a coach. So I think he's going to be a great addition. And uh, I know he's just an assistant head coach, linebackers, whatever, but I have an affinity to Joe Barry as well. I really enjoyed covering him and getting to know him so I think it was good that he didn't go back to USC and Aubrey Pleasant is still on the coaching staff if memory serves um yeah you know and, and Aubrey was always highly thought of uh, as a young assistant coach so you know I, I love what you guys have um I you know 
hopefully the new stadium will be great. You know, I don't as much as everybody else does, but I really think the Rams are still heading in the right direction. I hope they do some of the things that you suggested earlier, get back to more running the football and protecting Jared Goff and not asking him to be Superman, because that is one criticism, McVay, uh, no doubt. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Joe Barry as well, a guy that we thought might walk away after he wasn't given that opportunity to take on that defense coordinator position. You also mentioned an opportunity to go with USC. So Sean McVay, if he's as good as a recruiter as he is a coach and keeping these guys around, you hope that you'll see some success for this team in 2020. But that's been our crossover awesome conversation, uh, Locked On Rams and Locked On Redskins. Chris, hey, man, it was a blast talking to you. Finally, we got to throw this down. And looking forward to, hopefully, if this thing stays on schedule, week five, coming out to Washington, have a chance to talk again and see where we both are at. Brad, I love it. I'm going to be driving you crazy probably before then uh, to pick your brain on the Rams. And uh, and thanks for doing this. Appreciate your patience with me. uh, And uh, always good to be uh, with you. and, And say hello to the Rams fans out there. Everybody be safe. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.